a dude that's right there on the corner and he's on the floor. Oh, he's just an overdosing. And I said to him, yo, you got Narcan in your truck? And he's like, no, I don't. And I had, excuse me, I had just given my last one away. So I, I knew I didn't have any. And there's this chick standing there and she's like, oh, don't worry about him, baby. We already hit him three times. The ambulance is on the way. He's breathing. And she's pregnant, right? And she's like, uh, y'all good? And I'm like, nah, like, we're, we're good. And she's like, y'all looking for a date? We're like, nah, we're good, right? So, I mean, literally 10 minutes, like, we see, we get solicited three times. We see a guy overdosing. Ambulance pulls up as we're leaving. You know, we get propositioned by a pregnant hooker, right? And, like, you know, like, that. There's your content. People, right? <laughs> There's your content. Right, but, like. Welcome back to the show, Charlie. Thank you, JD. I appreciate you uh, inviting me back on, man. I had a great time the first time, so I'm looking forward to it. I love the shirt. I already called it the John shirt. Ruawa. You already know. You already know, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite shows, shirt. I've been seeing that pop up all the, all over the place, and every time I see it, I just giggle. Like it just makes me laugh to think that that shirt is out there. Like that cracks me I up. Get- I get comments about it, uh, compliments, comments about it all the time, uh, particularly in Wawa's. Yeah. Uh, the the employees really love it, man. I've been asked where I got it so many times. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. Thanks, so, Thank you. And speaking of, I mean, this is why we linked up again. Not This isn't why. We've been chatting and friends this entire time. But yeah. last night, you know, you and I both celebrated, I'm sure, but celebrated in a sober way. And I can't tell you that that went the same way in 2008. I can't even remember parts of 2008, let alone being able to be happy and celebrate and not like I'm going to go drink my way, my brain cells. Um, For people that don't know, Charlie and I are both diehard Philly fans of if it's Philly, we're fans of it. Right. So I'm I'm not a big I'll I'll preface this with I'm not a big baseball guy. Right. Um, I'm more of a football and and a basketball guy. Um, But, you know, I'm four for four. Right. Like, I'm happy that they're in there. Yeah. Um, You know, my brother is a huge, huge Phillies fan. Uh, My fiance is a Phillies fan. A lot of her family, a lot of my friends. Um, I'm just not a big baseball guy, but I'm super happy for the team. And and like you said, bro, like I'm, I'm from here, born and raised lived here my whole life. Um, so obviously like I was happy that they made it. Um, and yeah, like, you know, the, the best way I can kind of equate it is like, uh, the Super Bowl in 2017, right? Like I, ha- I had a little bit of clean time at that time. And so I, when you had messaged me about doing this and, and talking about this, you know, topic specifically, like I can remember, I mean, look for guys like, for guys like me, and, and I'm sure for like you, right? Like, it didn't matter. You know, I was I was on for anything, right? If it was a fucking Tuesday at four o'clock, I was using. You know what I mean? So, particularly for something like that, like, yeah, of course. Um, and you know, that was an interesting time. You know, I I was I had a little bit of clean time at that time when this when they won the Super Bowl, and I watched that Super Bowl clean and sober, which was a <laughs> an odd thing, right? Um, in '08 when the Phillies won, again, not a big baseball guy, but I was not clean at that time and, uh, you know, celebrated with, you know, friends and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, totally different experience, bro. Totally you know, it's, different. It's crazy because I equate in 2008, I literally like had my, my, you know how they talk about the moment you arrived is when you realize that yeah. you were like, well, I had that happen in October, 2008. So like me becoming a pill addict stemmed directly into you know, one, it wasn't like I was, I was, I was celebrating all that October. Obviously we won, we won a bunch of big games, but I was yeah. celebrating in a way of, you know, now I'm like, well, where was I like, you know, and it's, I hate even having to think that way. And in 2017, when the Eagles won, I was not clean yet. I, I definitely a hundred percent. I did not go to any of the parades. Cause I, my, my, what I my priorities were on getting high and staying high. They weren't on celebrating this big parade. And now I look back, I'm like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny 
is, right? I kind of came at that from an opposite viewpoint, right? Like I, I was clean at that time, but I was essentially just white knuckling it. Um, I wasn't like working a program or anything like that at that time. And I didn't go because I wasn't using. And I was like, I can't go down there and deal with a million people, you know what I mean? Like, and, and not being able to use. Um, so like me and my girlfriend at the time stayed away from it. Um, she wasn't a big football fan anyway, so it wasn't like a big thing. But, you know, I definitely watched the game with, you know, with some now, friends speaking, and stuff. Speaking of football, it, where are you coming up with the idea to do your TikToks? And the the ones that you've been posting, like coming up with like the original logos and the different right, so, stadiums. So so full uh, full full uh, transparency, right? They're not my videos. Okay. Um, I didn't make those videos, right? Um, so those videos are from 2020. NFL Films had made them, right? And um, I just recently signed up for Peacock, right? And Peacock is NBC streaming platform, and they have Sunday night football, right? They have that contract. So on Peacock, they have some football stuff, right? And the history of the stadiums episode of NFL Films is on Peacock. And I was like, oh, man, I remember seeing this a couple of years ago. It's pretty cool, right? As an Eagles guy, right, I went on YouTube. I found it. I clipped. It's like an hour and a half long video with every team. I clipped the Eagles one, screen recorded it, and posted it to TikTok. And it kind of blew up, right? And then all these people started asking for the other teams in the comments. And, you know, I, and like, I, I'm just, you know, I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, somebody was like, do the Cowboys. And I didn't want to do the Cowboys, right? And I didn't want to do the Giants, you know what I mean? But, like, everybody started asking for teams, and I just started doing them. And it just, I mean, man, it just, it blew up out of nowhere. I didn't take credit any just, of that. Listen, man, clipping it and doing it is still work. It's still, it's not the easiest thing. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Like, we just talked about Segura the other day, right? You just went down Atlantic City and saw him, and then Bert was just in town. Bert was yeah. in town, like, a month ago in Atlantic City. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if you've seen me in TikTok, but I have a TikTok page called Two Bears, One Talk. And all I do oh, is no, post... no, I don't. Really? All I do is post Tom and Bert-related content. And oh, I go to bro, YouTube. I got to get on there. I have 126,000 followers. How did I not know about this, bro? That's your page? That's my page. I think I may I think I may already follow it because yeah, like I'm a, I, 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 I'm kinda late to the party when it came to Tom and, and YMH and all that, right? Like I just got onto it like two years ago. Um I was already a fan of Tom, but I didn't really watch the podcast. My brother kinda got me onto it. And um over the last two years, man, I I've become a huge fan of, of you know, what Tim and Christine do on their podcast yeah and uh and you know two bears one cave oh i think i may already follow that page i did not know you that might was UJD. already i mean like i said I, I don't i don't know who follows it by now because yeah I, every time i go on so there's many followers there's a hundred notifications every time i go on and That's i don't have awesome. that kind of time to scroll but all i yeah. do is go to youtube i find funny videos of them from either their podcast or yeah. when they're doing stand-up and I screen record it. I'll add captions to it. You know what I mean? Dress it up a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that was one of the things that I was doing for the last four months when I wasn't making this podcast okay. is I, I was directing my attention towards just cutting funny clips because I, I'm back in therapy, you know what I mean? So, like, I needed yeah, yeah. something besides, like, when I was cutting clips from these episodes – I'm not to say it was depressing me, but my job was to find that thing that was going to emotionally grab somebody. So I was watching a lot of content that's dark and it's my own, but it was a lot. And then when I stepped away just for like, I took six months off and I needed it. And I, and I was like, I got to be creative. And I missed doing stand up. I used to do stand up around Philly, around Chinatown. I used to bounce in and out of every Sunday um, my first ever time performing him ever was at Helium in Philly. That was my first time ever on a stage was at one of the best okay. clubs in Philly. <clears throat> Definitely. So I was like, I need to find a way to like look at funny videos all day. And so I have one that's like every comedian possible. And that one's got a decent following too. But that two bears, one talk, man, I, all of a sudden I had like, 
10,000 followers in like three days. 20,000, 30. I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> why can't they go to my other? <laughs> yeah, right. right. But I give you full credit still. The point of my story and, and how this comes back around is I still give you full credit for cutting the clips up the way that you do because I know how tedious that work is. You yeah, know, I, I, I appreciate it. And I, I did get some hate from people. Um, you know, like I said, I just started it with the Eagles one because that's my team. Right. And I just posted it because I, I post Eagles stuff. Right. And it kind of started to blow up and people started asking for the other teams in the comments. And I was like, you know, I might as well just do it. Right. So I ended up it was over like two or three days. I ended up you know, waiting for people to ask for their teams and then it just got to every team. And um you know, I got some hate in the comments, like, because people were, you know, like, oh, could you please do, like, the Broncos? And and then people were like, yo, this isn't his content. He's just a YouTube ripper and this and that. And, like, I gave, you know, I, I used the hashtag, you know, NFL, NFL Films, NFL Throwback, um, you know, and, and I, I, I checked NFL's, you know, the NFL's page and NFL Films doesn't have an official page. Um, and... You know, they weren't posting this stuff. So it was like, you know, whatever. And then I was worried about, like, copyright if they were going to try to take it down. Because, you know, I also post uh, – one of my favorite shows on TV is Last Week Tonight. And um, I put clips from that show. And I've already had some things from that taken down because they don't have a TikTok. Um, With John and, Oliver? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, watched so, – yeah. There was one, one of the best episodes – that in my opinion, it was from like three, four years ago when he was breaking down all the rehab hopping. Yes. Like yeah. he, he really explores things in a way that a lot of like yes. it's like the Daily Show. If the Daily Show was an hour long once a week, that's what it reminds me of. That same kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably my favorite show on television, and um, you know, I you, almost every week I post stuff from it. And um, so there's somebody, somebody named Drew at Warner Brothers that has put in copyright infringement, uh, uh, you know, put those in against me on TikTok. And I've had quite a few of them taken down, but I keep posting them because, you know, they don't take them all down. And, you know, if they had a TikTok, I probably wouldn't do it, but um, I still do it. And, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, as far as the NFL thing, man, like it just it came out of nowhere. Like it was honestly just, you know, an organic type thing. People were asking for their teams, and I was like, you know what? I'm a man of the people. Like, you know what I mean? So I just started. And that's kind of how it worked it, into it that. I get it. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was, when I was posting about comedians only, I ended up getting up to 70,000 followers, and then TikTok shut my page down. Um, uh, but it was only because of Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried kept getting uh, me so much, yeah. like, community yeah. standards. Yeah. Like, my the favorite joke, I I don't even know if I can say it, because it's that I I don't care. It's gonna be on YouTube. So I think I already know which one you're gonna say. What's the worst thing about eating your grandmother out? Uh, no, I don't know this one. Hitting your head on the coffin on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's me, good. That shit got me taken down so fast. Yeah, yeah. I so I had one that was laughter is a drug, and I was posting. You know, at first it was it was George Carlin's birthday, and I posted seven dirty words like George Carlin, and then like you, all of a sudden I was getting all this. I'm like, oh well, let me put in other comedians and other comedians, and blowing up more and more and more. And then when they took that down, that page was at uh, seventy one thousand followers. And TikTok took it down. I was so disheartened. And I'm like, man, what am I going to like? That was fun for me to find comedians. And I then did I'll, follow that one. Yeah. Yeah. That one you probably did. And then I was sitting yeah, around watching did. Bert and Tom because I watched them weekly. And Same. I'm like, why am I not cutting clips up of just them and just like kind of doing two bears, one talk? And just there yeah. is already a two bears, one talk podcast page. But I give them full credits. Like it's not like. And if you go to my page, it says hashtag fan page. You know, I'm not right, unofficial. Right. Like, I want to make sure, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm just posting, you know, because I don't want people thinking like, oh, I'm just like a clout chaser or anything like that. Like, I'm not getting any. I'm not trying to get paid by TikTok. Like, that's one thing. If you or me were making money off of it, then maybe it's like, eh. 
But well, yeah, and that's what I was getting some of those comments too, right? It was funny. Like there was this one, I forget which which video it's on, but you know, somebody was like, Oh, he's just ripping these off of uh Venevel Films page and I was like and I went in the comments and I was like, Yeah, I am. Like I yeah. you know, that's why you I hashtag too. them. Yeah, right. you can too, bro. And, and you can start your own page and see how that goes. Because this isn't an easy yeah. thing. And somebody was like, uh Somebody was like, yeah, well, he's getting paid off of it. And then I was like in the comments, like, I wish. Like, first of all, you got to get the 10,000 followers to make, to monetize it whatsoever. And even that 10,000, like I'm at like 16,000 now. Even at 10,000 followers, bro, it, the, the, what you can make is minuscule. Like you have to have well over a million followers to make any type and of real And community money. standards. You have to never be breaking yes. the rules. And if you right. break the rules, then they, yeah, look behind me. There's Tom right there. Yeah. That's. Bert and Tom, Sober October. Yeah. I got Bert over yeah. there to Body Shots World Tour. Yeah. I even have awesome, um, the right behind me. That's Mitzi Shore. She she started the comedy store, yeah, Paulie she, Shore's yeah, mom. Yeah, it's Paulie's mom, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rogan has a really similar one of the painting. Okay. Rogan has one in his office that's kind of similar. And my wife's like, I could do that. I'm like, yes, get it for me. <laughs> I need it. That's awesome. I, but yeah, Bert and Tom, man, like people that don't know, if you're watching my podcast and there was something funny, Two Bears, One Cave, like yes. I watch it. Yeah. And that was like my introduction to podcasting. I didn't okay. like listen to anybody's podcast and someone's like, oh, they have their own now. And I'm like, well, they both crack me up in their stand up. Let me see what this is all about. And then I was hooked yeah. on podcasts ever since then. That was... Yeah. 2019 because i was just started dating my wife at the time <laughs> and now three years later and i do have a bunch of different podcasts that i do and you know because i have this one and then i have one called secondhand news where my friend in massachusetts and i we give each other the news from the people that brought you the news like we're not the new <laughs> you know like uh okay Okay. Like last week, I had like ten of my favorite headlines of the week, and I would run them by her to see if she could figure out what the headlines mean. Like almost like guess, <laughs> guess the content based on the headline. Yeah, that and, sounds good. I'm gonna have to check that out. It's fun, man, because it's just last week was 25 minutes of, of us talking about how I met your mother. So the rants Ooh. that that we yeah, go yeah. on, and I don't try to censor myself, and I don't have to worry about certain content or. It's right. whatever, but this show has been good because I'm learning podcasting with this. Like, I've reached out to people all over the world and got to meet people like yourself, where it's crazy the parallels our years of addiction had with each other, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. We could have easily intertwined at any of those points of you living in South Jersey. I used to, one of my not favorite stories to tell, but it's a story nonetheless. You know how it is when you were a middleman, you would try to middle so that you get yourself hooked up all the time. Absolutely. And then I would hook up my dealer with other, like I found out this one dude in South Philly was selling them for like $10 a piece, but you had to buy bulk and I didn't have bulk money, but my dealer did. So like I'm working out deals where we had take him over to Philly. Dude, South Philly for people that don't know is all one ways. Like you can't go anywhere, but one way. And we leave and they're all and they don't make sense like new york city they all like they all make sense but in yeah. philly there's like little like what do you call them with like grass in the middle like a little median but it'll be all weird and especially yeah. in south philly yeah median yeah median. yeah but a median for no reason a median right. for no reason except right. for just direct traffic and i and i do this deal and we get like a 230s and we get back in this car, and of course it's a dealer, so he's got to have a flashy car because you know how – so we're in this flashy car, and I put them in my junk because it's the only place I figure I could hide something was right in there. They're in a plastic bag, so they're – you know. and of course we pull out of this place. I'm the one that set up the meat and everything, and we get pulled over right away. Right away. It got, as soon as we make the left, cops ringing us up and pulling us over. And I'm sweating literally my balls off yeah. <laughs> with yeah. these things in there. And I'm waiting. And they and they make you wait, too. Philly cops love to make you wait and stew in your car before they even Absolutely. approach you. They yep. want to see if you're going to get out and run. They're going to see what is he going to do with this time. Yep. And we just sat there. And the person I was with wasn't an addict. Um, he was strictly a businessman. 
and I was the addict, you know, being named between her. And a cop comes up and he knocks on the window, of course, that whole thing, you throw it down. He goes, you know, you went down the wrong way, down the one way. <laughs> can we can we leave, officer? Yeah, just make a right and a left and you'll be good. All right, have a good night. Holy shit. Yeah, you got lucky, bro. I, I swear that three minutes in between him coming to the car and him pulling us over felt like three hours. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah. my God. We went right. I remember down. one time, I remember one time way back in the day. So, um, you know, back when North Philly was, you know, down the way, right. When, when everybody went to North Philly for everything and, um, there was four of us in the car and this is probably like, uh, I don't know, maybe like 97 or 98. So I'm like seven, I'm like 18 or 19 years old. We go down there and, you know, so one dude in the car wants powder. Somebody else wants tree. Somebody else wants this, right? So we go down there, we hit like three or four spots. And the last spot we hit was for the tree at 5th and Luzerne. And we come off that block and we go to hit the corner and top jumps behind us, lights us up, right? So I'm in the passenger seat and there's a guy... I don't really know that well, but he's sitting right behind me. And he's like, yo, yo, give me everything. I got a stash spot, right? So everybody is like real nonchalant, like trying to hand their shit back to him. And everybody hands it back to him. And, you know, cops come up on both sides. And the cop that's coming up on the passenger side, I hear him because it's in the summertime. We all got our windows down. And we're in a, a, a like an early 90s Hyundai Excel hatchback. And so two door with two people in the back. Right. Okay. So, so he comes walking up and he goes, what the fuck? And I'm like, and he's all right, everybody out. And they start pulling us out here. The guy behind us still had half the shit on his lap. Right. He didn't get to put it in his stash spot. Right. So they pull all four of us out of the car. So the four of us are in the front of the car, like two on one side, two on the other side with our hands on the hood. They put all the shit up on top of the car, right? And the two cops are, like, at the back of the car, and they're talking, right? And me and this guy are on the passenger side of the car with our hands on the hood. And the one cop walks up, and he goes, that's flour and oregano, right, to this kid. And he don't say nothing. And the cop goes, that's flour and oregano, right? And I'm like, yes, it is, officer. And he goes, all right, dump it down the gutter. So I knock it off the car, and I'm kicking it into the gutter, right? And he's like, all right, you know, you know, four white dudes, right? He's like, you know, you four shouldn't be down here. You, you know, that's what they're telling us, right? You shouldn't be around here. You have no business around here and you know it, you know, just get out of here. So they let us go. Um, and then we got back to our neighborhood and I beat the shit out of that dude who was in the backseat because, you know, he said he had a stash spot and every, and the stash spot was his Timberland. Like, what are you talking about? Like, everybody has shoes on. That's not a stash yeah, spot. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you're not walking in from your trying to sneak past your parents right like they're right. gonna <laughs> oh my god and that's and people say white privilege doesn't exist you're and looking at it uh, that yeah right here i've had it yep. happen quite a few times me 100%. i i remember i remember um and it's still to this day i consider white privilege and it is what it is nothing i can do about it but i'm i'm just like i'm not also ignorant to the fact that i got lucky a bunch of times like i got i got arrested with 20 30s on me and they took me in and i was released two hours later and when i went to court when i went to court for everything it was nine months later because i went i ended up going to rehab and i got i went to rehab three weeks after i had my preliminary hearing for this arrest so when i was flying out to rehab i'm like oh shit i got court in two weeks like, I forgot all about it, so it had nothing to do with it. And I come back from California, now I'm sober nine months or whatever, and I go to confront all of these things waiting for me because they had me in a school zone. I'm like, bullshit, you pull me over in a school zone. I wasn't stopping in the school zone. So it wasn't like I had drugs in a school zone. I was driving through it, and this is where you chose to pull me over. There's a big difference. Um, But I, I went there, and I'm like, they're like, where have you been the last nine months? You disappeared and you had court. I'm like, well, we reached out. I was in rehab. I just got home a few weeks ago. And they're like, oh, so when you got arrested, you went to you went to rehab? I'm like, no. I honestly forgot all about this when I went to rehab. I went to rehab because I was done doing drugs and I wanted to learn how to live a different life. 
they're like, oh, most people would have lied and just said, you know, to like court and it looks better. I'm like, yeah, I'm not lying anymore. That's why I'm telling you something so blatantly honest. And I got everything dropped down to 20 unidentifiable pills and <laughs> and some green leafy substance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they dropped yeah. it down to. Right. And I know, you know what I mean? Like, and the same, when they pulled me over in that car, in that flashy car, you know, it was like a two-door Acura, you know what I mean? Like, no mm-hmm. business being in South Philly at 11 o'clock at night with Jersey tags. Right. And, you know, I think he was just making sure we knew how to get out of there. I think that cop just wanted mm-hmm. us out of the neighborhood. Yeah. And because, yeah. you know, and I grew up outside of Camden. And I remember when I got my driver's license and I was always in in-school suspension because I was always cut in school. And I'm in in-school suspension. And they had like a retired Camden cop that came to our school every day and sat with the in-school suspension. This dude was just ripped, man. Like, I mean, like he was a professional bodybuilder kind of ripped at one point. Um, Mr. Martino is his name. And I was like, oh, I got my license today, Mr. Martino. He goes, oh, yeah? He goes, I better not hear you go around Camden. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, if you're white in Camden, you're either buying drugs or you're lost. So I'm going to give you a little little advice. I'm like, oh, yeah? Because it's so easy to be going to the Cherry Hill Mall and you make one wrong oh, turn yeah. and you're and you're in Camden. You're right in the thick of it if you make one wrong turn about one thirty. So you goes, you ever get lost going to the mall, you might end up in Camden. This is what you gotta do. You pull up the red lights and run them until you get pulled over. Safely run them. And when they pull you over, you tell them Tony Martino told you to do that. Sure as shit. I was in Camden like two, three months later buying beer. And I got ripped off because that's what you get when you ask somebody on the street to buy you liquor. So I'm driving back all pissed. And now, like, I'm lost. This is 2004, 2005. Like, I didn't have a GPS to get me out of there. My phone was barely a flip phone back then. Yeah. (laughs) And so I pulled up to the red light, and I saw a cop was sitting, like, on Broadway by the jail. And we made eye contact, and then I blew through the red blew through the red light and then he gets behind me and then he watched me blow two more before he pulls me over and he finally comes up to my window he goes what was that we made eye contact and then you blew through the light i'm like listen man i was going to the mall i ended up taking the wrong turn wrong turn and tony martino told me to do this whoever got lost because oh tony tony's a great guy how about i follow you follow me out of here I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh <clears throat> that's real lucky, man. That's real lucky. I've had I've had a lot of those, you know, a lot of those run-ins, you know, especially like when you're you know, like, you know, when you're from Jersey and you have access to Camden or or you're from Philly and you have access to Kensington or North Philly, you know, particularly back in the day. You know, I remember like North Philly, I mean, there were so many spots where I mean, I don't know if you ever heard of Fifth and Luzerne. Fifth and Luzerne was it was a weed spot back in the day. And um, you literally pulled off this little block and turned back onto this other little block. And, you know, there's four dudes on the block, two on this side, two on this side. And dude will come up to your window and be like, what do you want? And they sold dime bags and, you know, put your, give your money to them. And then a dude runs out of an alleyway on the other side and, oh. and tosses them into the window, right? And then, like, you know, I remember being down there so many times. And then you would hear the whoop, whoop, and the patties would come paddy wagon would come on the block and chase everybody away and then you come back five minutes later you know what i mean and that's just the way it was this podcast is also sponsored by better help if you are looking for therapy and not able to get something right away locally you can do that with them within 48 hours you can find a therapist to get on telehealth with you i mean it's i haven't heard anything but great things from people that have already done it that watch my show or listen to my show if you're looking to get 10% off your first month, you can go to betterhelp.com backslash MJ's PNP MCA. That is betterhelp.com slash MJ's PNP MCA. And like I remember there was a spot at 8th and Waterloo where there was a – it was a store. And you walked into the store and all they had was one refrigerated cabinet with like six sodas in it and bulletproof glass and you know like a a rack of chips or whatever behind it and they sold blunts and dutches and stuff like that and white owls back then and uh and papers and they sold dime bags you know what i mean and that's just the way it was and then um 
you know, it's funny. Like I tell people like who aren't from here, like they don't really understand. Like when I, you know, use the term open air drug market and people just don't get what that means. Yeah. And you try to explain it to them and it's like, they really don't understand like what it was like. And then, you know, I don't know if you remember operation sun, uh, operation sunrise, uh, in Philly is like the early two thousands and, and they shut down North Philly for like a whole summer. Um, there was just beat cops out walking around and it, it never really went back to the same way that it was. Um, I mean, it was wild. I mean, it was like the wild west back then, uh, yeah. in the nineties and it really changed after that. Changed, yeah. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, back in the day, like we called North Philly down the way and that was where you go and get anything. Right. Um, and now it's more Kensington. I, I mean, I know Kensington is technically in North Philly, but. Um, you know, down more a little bit. So it, it's 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 in Kensington now. And like where I live, there's certain meetings that I go to um, that I drive. There's one in particular that like I drive right by Needle Park, like literally like right along the side of it. It's called McPherson Park for people who don't know. Um, and in Philly, we call it Needle Park. And there's just people just out there. I mean, it's it's like zombie land, right? I mean, it, it's you know, people using, people nodding out. Um, and, um, you know, I drive right past there. And, you know, this might sound, I don't know, it might sound a little bit insensitive or, or however people want to take it. But um, in certain ways, it keeps it green for me, right? Because I see that and I know that I'm just one bad decision and a couple other bad decisions behind that from being there, right? Like been there, done that don't want to fucking do it again right like um, some of the best recovery comes from those areas because there are people that are stuck by like when i used to when i was living in la and we got sober um they would take us to meetings in compton yeah and they would take us like i, I went to um it was a ca meeting in compton where crack was huge and it was by candlelight and it was called Fourth Dimension, Into the Fourth Dimension. And it was one of the best meetings to go to on a Friday night. I was definitely one of three white boys. The other two were with me. <laughs> yeah. And we got brought there by the guy that worked in our place, and he would take us there. And then um, we went to Skid Row one day. And because why not? And and I was – and this time I was as a sober living, not in, in treatment. And I went there like as a chaperone with all the impatient because we want to show them how close you are to being down here. Now I don't see LA ever becoming like Philly when it comes to the open air market. It's more under the radar when it comes out and Philly people just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's really wild, man. Like I, like I, I've lived here my whole life. I'm 43 years old and, and, you know, I'm born and raised in Frankfurt, um, you know, which is like the next neighborhood over from Kensington. And like, I remember Kensington in the nineties, like when I was a teenager and stuff. And I mean, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. Like it was a lot of wild shit going on, but like, <clears throat> I, I can't even explain it. Like it's all right. So I'll, I'll tell you this, right. Um, so me and a friend of mine, a couple months ago, there was a, there was a trend going around on TikTok with the I forget the, the girl who sings the song, but it's that how did you get here? And the first one that I had saw was a guy was walking into the gym and the song's playing. Right. How did you get here? And as he hits the door, it turns into like a Chick-fil-A. Right. And he's like, you know, like like how did because he was, you know, had the intention of going to the gym. But then he ends up at like a fast food joint. And, you know, it's some it's an older like R&B song. Right. So I said to my friend, I was like, yo, we should go. This sounds so fucked up, but I was like, we should go down to Kensington and we should like, you know, film something as if we're going to a meeting. And then we when the how did you get here, Pops? We're at K&A. Right. And, you know, some people don't find that type of humor funny. You know what I mean? Because it's I don't know. I guess some people think it's insensitive or whatever. But like I, I can joke today about my addiction. So we did that. Right. So we went to Kensington, right to K&A, Kensington and Allegheny. And, um, bro, we were literally there for 10 minutes. Right. And I tell, I tell people like us this story and they're like, yeah, okay. Especially people from Philly, but like, you know, normal people are like, what are you talking about? So we were literally there for 10 minutes. We parked up our cars right off of Allegheny, like a block down. We're walking up to Kensington Ave, and just that one 
block walk. We got offered shit twice. Then we get to the corner of K&A, and we're trying to figure out where we're going to, like, shoot this part, right? And there's a dude that's right there on the corner, and he's on the floor. Oh, he's just an o- overdosing. And I said to him, yo, you got Narcan in your truck? And he's like, no, nah, I don't. And I had, excuse me, I had just given my last one away, so I, I knew I didn't have any. And there's this chick standing there, and she's like, oh, don't worry about him, baby. We already hit him three times. The ambulance is on the way. He's breathing. And she's pregnant, right? And she's like, uh, y'all good? And I'm like, nah, like, we're, we're good. And she's like, y'all looking for a date? We're like, nah, we're good, right? So, I mean, literally 10 minutes, like, we see, we get solicited three times. We see a guy overdosing. Ambulance pulls up as we're leaving. You know, we get propositioned by a pregnant hooker, right? And, like, you know, like that. There's your normal content. People, right, <laughs> There's your content. Right, but, like, to normal people, right, like, that sounds, like, insane. And, like, what are you talking, like, you were there for 10 minutes, and, like, I've told people, and they can't believe it, right? But, like, at, 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 messed up as it sounds, it's, like, that's just, a, that's regular. You know what I mean? I, that's just regular shit say. in Kensington. And we become so desensitized to it. You know what I mean? Like, being being in this type of lifestyle you know, that I lived in and you lived in for a long time. Like you just become desensitized to those type of things. And, you know, you, be, you become desensitized to loss, you know, you become desensitized, you know, to people going back out and relapsing and, and, and dying overdose and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's weird, man. It's an unfortunate thing, but it, it's just kind of comes with the territory. Yep. And it is. And I can, that's what I was talking about earlier. I was completely just taking in all this content all these stories and and you've been a fan of my show so you've you've heard some stories in the last year i put out episodes like there's been some where i'm just like you know and all i can do is just is it off me yet is it like because all you're doing is taking this in you're absorbing all this and then next thing you know something bad happens and you don't react in a way that's supposed to be normal because you're so desensitized to everything else and it's almost a defense mechanism to be desensitized because it takes away that power of being able to hurt me again. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm at like, it's weird, right? Like I was just talking to, I don't know, about a month or so ago, like I was talking to my fiance about like this issue and it kind of falls in line with this, right? Like, so I'm at a, I'm at a point now where um, <clears throat> like my recovery is pretty strong at this point. Like I got a little over like two years and eight months and um, like the, the obsession to use has been lifted, right. For, for a while now. And, you know, they say that, um, you know, it can take anywhere between 18 and 36 months for your mind to kind of get back to normal, like normal chemical levels and stuff like that. And, um, I really started to notice that when I was a little over two years clean, I started to notice like my train of thought was starting to change. And, the way I reacted to certain things started to change and, and like, you know, dealing with my mental health and, you know, I am on medication every day for that. And I, I talked with a psychiatrist for about the first year that I was clean. So all, you know, putting in the work, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Trying I to got be a my psych head. Yep, exactly. I got, I do my psych once a month and I got therapy four times a month, you know? Right. And so I was talking, I was talking to my fiance and I was saying to her, like, I've been asked a few times for guys if I'll sponsor them. Right. And, you know, I tell them like, look, I don't feel like, um, the last one was like maybe two months ago. And I told them like, you know, I don't feel like I'm at a place where I can be a sponsor. Um, you know, and I break my own anonymity all the time, right. I'm an active member of NA, um, but I support all pathways recovery. Um, and I, you know, told guys like that, you know, I don't feel like I'm, at a place in my recovery where I can take on sponsees. And I thought that I was saying that um, genuinely, but I really feel like they're part of it. And I talked to my fiance about it and then talked to my sponsor about it. I feel like part of it is kind of what we're talking about, JD. It's that, that fear of taking on a sponsee and, and then relapsing and having to deal with that on a sponsor sponsee level. Right. But that's also selfish, man. Like, and, and I'm, I'm being selfish to them. I'm being selfish to myself because 
you know, I know as well as anybody, if I go back out tonight, that's not my sponsor's fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, why, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I have a hard time taking help sometimes, and I fully understand the, you know, that relationship of a sponsor-sponsee um, is such a two-way street, right? And, and like, my sponsor tells me all the time, like, you know, how do you feel when you help somebody? How does that make you feel, right? And I tell him, like, you know, it makes me feel good. And he's like, right, so why would you deprive somebody of that, right? And when I look at it that way, um, you know, maybe I'm depriving myself of that out of fear. It's almost like where well, you don't want to have kids because you had a bad childhood. Right, and, right, yeah. You know, and afraid. Good analogy. <clears throat> And it's something that happens all the time where people were like, oh, I, I, the way I grew up, I don't want to have kids. And you hear that all the time. But you never know if you're ready until you actually become a father all of a sudden. Then that's when you know, like, okay, well, it was thrust upon me. And here we go. Um, I've sponsored people. I've sponsored people that I just met. And then I've also sponsored people that I knew from addiction, from growing up. And I knew them in addiction. And I sponsor them too. And it you kind of, it's like anything else, any relationship, you can't blame one sponsee for the other sponsees. You know what I mean? Like, and you have to have your fresh pair of kid gloves on both of them. Um, and I'm still really good friends with the one guy I sponsored for a little while. Um, he was, and he straight said to me, I'm sober still, but I need somebody to help guide me through getting over my ex. So we took the word alcohol and replaced it with her name and then went through the steps about how he was powerless to her and all that stuff. Um, And it worked. He's still, you know, I want to say sober. (laughs) He never, he never went back. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's weird, man. man. But yeah, the guy had more time than me, but he just knew that he could talk to me. And right. just have so I didn't have to like really guide him through. It was a good first sponsee to have because I wasn't I didn't have the pressure of taking him through the book. We, he just needed somebody to openly talk with like his old sponsor. OK. Oh, that's so, cool. That's- yeah. I mean, and then I've had a guy where, you know, I'm still technically sponsoring him. I consider my sponsee. We, we haven't done any work lately, but we talk all the time. So. I feel like right now, like he needs me as that like friend and we talk that way as friends and I don't like try to come at him. And if he comes to me for advice, then I give him advice. So, you know, sponsee relationships will always be different for each sponsee. And I will say you do get that gratification though, of helping somebody out. You see them getting a chip and you see that the, it's actually clicking in their head for the first time. And you're like me, you're a really animated dude, so you can easily get people, and there's no wonder why people are like, hey, were you interested in being a sponsor? Because right. you kind of, you you give off that energy of like, oh, what does he know? You know, I want to know what he knows. What's it, I want to know what, how, what his secret is. So I'm not trying to force you into it or guilt you into yeah, it, yeah. but that's the reason I enjoy sponsoring people is because you do it's not like I'm any more sober today because I sponsored somebody. It's not that I'm not more sober, but I can have gratification. I can, that is a selfish thing. Just like it's selfish to not get a sponsee. It's also selfish to get sponsees. It's like those guys out there that are dads to like three different women. You know what I mean? They keep on plugging away like football players. What's his name or no, was it NBA player? Antonio Cromartie. Antonio Cromartie's got like, 12 kids by like nine different women or something like that something like Pretty that wild. from the jets right he was on the jets yeah he played, yeah, he played for the yeah. jets played for the chargers yeah yeah he yeah. just had another one he, recently <laughs> yeah like that's what i mean like that's selfish that's somebody uh, being yeah. straight up selfish <laughs> yeah he's yeah, just definitely. making little mini hymns all over the place like man you know how much this is costing you out of your pocket <laughs> like, well there was that joke you remember uh sean kemp Back in the day, basketball heard, player. Yeah, yeah. He, there was a joke about him that he had a baby mom in every NBA city because he had like, you know, he had like ten or eleven kids by like, you know, eight or nine different women back in the day too. So, Kamari, yeah, like sure. here, hold my jockstrap. <laughs> yeah, hold this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, and it, we'll circle back all the way to sports, man. Yeah. 
it's such a good feeling to be able to actually watch sports and not wake up hungover. It's yeah. different. I, I yeah. remember what I watched. I don't have to like. I remember the first Super Bowl that I was getting su- super high during, and it was um, 2009, the Cardinals and um, the Steelers, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we couldn't find any 30s that day. I ended up buying a girl's script of fives offer, and we did like 30 fives. Yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. eating handfuls yeah. at a time. That's and I look back. Look back now, I'm like, you're such an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's all I can... I can't take back what I did. I can't take back the drugs that I did. All I can do is say, you're such an idiot. Yeah. And just move on. Because I don't want to take myself too seriously. And I know, you know, you're obviously the same way where, you know, we're big guys. You know, so I I don't want to... I want to put off little guy energy so that you actually give me a chance. (laughs) I remember the Super Bowl that the Eagles went to in what's that oh four against the Patriots. I don't. I have no recollection of watching that game. You know what I, I mean? Like tell I, you I, that it... I remember I was somewhere with a bunch of people watching it, but I don't like remember the night at all. I remember it. It was my first time doing whippets. Ah, was, yeah. No wonder why it killed. <laughs> it literally was killing my brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, was, I was watching the game with my buddy, who's a diehard Eagles fan to this day, like diehard, diehard Eagles first, everything. And we were hanging out with his older sister who bought us alcohol then and her boyfriend. And her boyfriend is the one like, oh, you guys whipped cream? We're like, what? He goes, watch this. And he started showing us whippets. And then I must have four or five <laughs> holes just from that Eagles game that my, oh, dad, yeah. Yeah, my dad never just thought was that 24-21. We lost that. Uh, yeah, 24, 20, 24 21 or, or yeah, 24-20, something like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah, it was close. Well, because they're saying that you know, us playing against the Astros is like the Eagles playing against the Patriots. Both teams, yeah, was... both teams were accused of cheating. Yeah. Neither team faced any penalties for it. Right. And, and they're they going to all... be like the huge. Like, they're, they're going to be a huge underdog, the Phillies. The Phillies, yeah. And yeah, what's, yeah. it's so funny because people generally hate our sports. They hate Philly sports, everything. Oh, but yeah. when it comes down to it, the root for us or root for the Astros, everyone hates the Astros more yeah. than – It's the same – everyone <laughs> yeah. hated the Patriots more than right. they hated the Eagles. It's, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that funny, like, man. That's yeah. funny. So, but I, I just – I found it important for us to sit down and talk and let people know, like – you don't have to drink to enjoy sports or you don't have to drink to oh, enjoy yeah. any hobby that you used to have before you got into alcohol and drugs. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I listen, I never would have thought that, uh, you know, that I'd be able to do anything clean and sober. Right. But like, um, you know, I watch the game every Sunday and you know, I watch Sixers games. Um, you know, I'll probably watch some of the world series games. Cause like I said, my fiance is a fan. My brother and his wife are huge Phillies fans. Um, and, you know, my, my sister-in-law and her boy, her fiancé, they're big Phillies fans, too. Like, you know, the opening day, opening game of the of the Eagles season, like, we had people over here, right? And, like, um, you know, my fiancé is, is normal, right? Um, and drinking was never really an issue for me. So, like, there's alcohol in my house right now, right? Um, because she's normal, right? Like, she can have, you know, a beer or two and not, you know, smoke crack. Like, you know, that's what she can do. You know what I mean? Really? So, like, yeah, who who the fuck does that, right? So um, there's alcohol in my house right now. Like, there's Coronas in my fridge Same. as we speak, right? Not Coronas, right. but I get it, yeah. Right, so, like, but it doesn't bother me because, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, try to force my thing on her, right? Now, uh, obviously, we wouldn't be together if she did other things, right? But, like, you know, we have people over, like, you know, we have people over for the fights. We, you know, we go to UFC events and, and stuff like that. We went to we went to Tom Segura's show Saturday night, and they serve alcohol. My girl had a drink. My brother and his fiance are also, or wife are also normal people, right? They had drinks. And, you know, I'm okay with that today. Like, I can sit there and... And I can have fun, man. And I never thought that that would be possible. I never thought that it would be possible to sit there and watch a whole Eagles game 
and not get not get up at halftime and go in the bathroom and do something to come back and watch the second half and then to remember the whole game, right? Like, um, listen, 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl is one of the greatest days of my life. My life, I'll freely admit that I I cried like a fucking baby, right? Um, and luckily I was clean and sober at that time. And I remember that day. Right. Um, and now I remember a lot more days than I did before, uh, even just regular days, right. And just regular things. Um, I don't know, man, like it, it I, I'm just so filled with gratitude these days. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I know you, you said, you know, you've kind of been struggling with your mental health a little bit. And I've been on Workman's Comp since April. Um, and, you know, early on, um, you know, because we have such this idea of, you know, being a man and, and you know, wrapped up in that, you know, providing. And, and that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And, and I have a fiance and I have three stepdaughters. And, um, you know, luckily, I'm still getting a check. Right. But. But, you know, it's not my, what I would be making if I was working. Uh, also, the summertime is, is like the busy time for what I do. And I make a lot of overtime in the summertime. So, you know, I missed out on a lot of money, right? But we were still able to, you know, nothing really sacrificed. It was, it right? was still just money. At the end of right. the day, you have to say it that right. way. Yeah. It was just money. Not right. it was just money. It was just period money, period. Right. And, and, you know, we were still okay. You know what I mean? Everybody's struggling right now with what's going on in the world, but, you know, we were still able to take a visit, a, a visit to visit my mom, uh, my fiance's mom in Puerto Rico. You know, we were still able to have fun this summer and take the girls and do things and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, that's awesome. You, know, but, and you were able that to travel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, I know. I know how much it weighs and I got, you know, my wife's sick too. You know what I mean? With MS. So like, I feel even more like that I need to provide that I need to take care of her and make sure she's safe and make sure she's healthy. And right. we have an eight year old. Well, she has an eight year old as my stepson and you know, he's over here five days a week with us. So yeah. I got to make sure that I'm good for him too, because if not, I'm just a basket case. And they tried me, they started me on the Lumictal um, or whatever that's called Lumictal or something like that, where you have to do every for six weeks and a build and the, I don't know. I've heard it's good for bipolar, so we'll see what happens. Um, but I've okay. definitely been honest with my psychiatrist and my therapist lately because there's no point. Like, I lied early on. I flat out told them. They're like, how did you not get screened for any of this when you were in rehab? I'm like, oh, I did. I just lied right. because I was afraid they were going to give me a whole trove of medicines to take. And yeah. I didn't want to be a guinea pig then. I just wanted to get clean. And now that right. I'm four years away, if, that was four and a half years ago. So now when I look back, I'm like, that's, I did it for that. I did it to protect my early sobriety and I don't right. regret it. I don't regret it because yeah. I needed, I needed to go through all that shit early on. I needed to learn how to be a human be on my own. And now that I'm like at that wit's end, it's good. <laughs> it's good to fall back on. And yeah. not be afraid. To People ask for help. I know it's harder, especially if there's men listening. We're we're not supposed to ask for help. And Charlie and I are both proponents of talk to your doctor. Be honest with your doctor. Yeah. Be honest with somebody, whether it's a sponsee or a sponsor, because the sponsee sponsor relationship can both 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 ways. So either way, just be honest with somebody, especially yourself, yeah. especially yeah, yourself. I I, I was lucky in, in the sense of like the medication. I only, uh, I was put on two other medications for, I've been diagnosed with, um, depression and anxiety since I was 19 years old. And I was on and off of medication throughout the years, mostly off. Um, and you know, using and being an addict obviously doesn't help those things. Right. Um, so like six years ago when I, when one of the times when I tried to get clean, um, you know, they put me on a couple of different meds and I, you know, there was different side effects or whatever. Um, but I was lucky enough that the third one, um, ha has helped. So I'm on 20 milligrams of selects every day. Um, it's not, it's not narcotic, like, you know, for me and, um, you know, guys like you, right. Like 
I know that I can eat that whole bottle of pills and it's not going to do anything. I know that I can crush one up and snort it and it's not going to do anything, right? So, um, and it's kind of one of those things like I think you're talking about, like, you know, they tell you it takes like three weeks for you to actually feel anything for it to kind of work into your system. Yeah, it's like um, one for the first two weeks and then it's two daily and then it's like up the milligram to like 100 for the other. And like, I need to watch for a rash. Like okay. that's the side effect that I need to watch out for is a rash. Right. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm looking. There's been no rash. So so far so good. But I've had two other people close to me literally get like prescribed it recently, and were telling me how great it's been. So yeah. keep my fingers crossed. You know, I always I always got them crossed right there. I always yeah. got the fingers crossed. And just seeing what happens, man. I just keep being honest with people and trying to do my podcast when I have sometimes working all the time. It's hard for me to find the energy to like find a guest and do the whole nine. Yeah. And then yeah. with sports this week, and I saw that's what that's what made me think of you. You posted earlier. You scrolling the face. You scrolling all the Phillies posts. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's funny. Like I was having the discussion with my brother. Um, you know, again, he's a big Phillies fan. I'm, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but you know, I'm happy for the team, right? Happy for my friends that are and stuff, but like all these people start coming out of the woodwork with, you know, their Phillies Jersey and their hat on and, you know, go fills. And I'm like, well, I've never seen you talk about baseball ever in your life. You posted and now a picture sudden, with the vet. You just posted a picture yeah. of the vet. You haven't been there in 18 years. <laughs> so my brother was like, you know. Uh, I don't think you can be a bandwagon fan of your home, like of your home team. And I'm like, I agree. Right. I don't think you can be a bandwagon fan of your home team, but you can be a fair weather fan. Yeah. And there's a difference, right? There, like yep. there's a big difference. A bandwagon fan to me is somebody that like, you know, if, uh, you know, if I was a Patriots fan during like the two thousands, right. I'm not from new England. I have no connection to new England really. Um, but I only liked that team because they were good. Or if I was a Yankees yeah. fan or something like that, right? But Fairweather fan is just, you know, like it, like me, for instance, right? Everybody knows I'm not a baseball guy, right? But, you know, I, I wear Phillies hats because this is where I'm from. You know what I mean? And, and, and they make um, some good hats. Right. But if all of a sudden I started posting stuff, you know, go Phils and like, started talking it like then people would be like bro like you don't even really like it like that's a fair weather fan to me yeah yep. you know what i mean like i i support them you know kind of from a distance you know what i mean but um you know i'm happy that they're in there i think it's great for the city um i'm I, obviously i'm happy for you know like friends and family that i know are big baseball fans big phillies yeah. fans i'll cry if they win I know I'll cry if they win. I cried in 08 when we won. I do remember that. I yeah. might not remember yeah. a lot from 08. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had a guy on my show, and we talked about that. And then he was like, oh, yeah, well, in 93, the Ooh. first time that, you know, when Joe Carter hit that home run against the yeah. Phillies in 93, he goes, I was setting up a line of my first time of, of sniffing um, heroin. It was during that game, and I remember looking up and seeing that home run and then doing a big line. Oh, man. And this guy's from Boston. This guy, you know what I mean? So he was like, I was yeah, just yeah. watching the World Series and just right. getting high. But he goes, I specifically remembered get doing heroin for the first time and then watching you guys lose. So I'm like, great, because I was seven years old and crying my first time watching school. <laughs> <laughs> and not crying because was... we won. I was 14 and I was, I, I would say I was a little bit more of a baseball fan back then than I am now. Um, so, you know, I was upset obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I was 14, uh, you know, I was definitely the I, first time I cried watching sports. I was seven and it was a hundred percent. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. But I was, I, I would go to the games and I would get like, I would get the, the programs and fill out the, you know what I mean? Like I was a dork. I, mm -hmm. I was going to the games. I wasn't trying to catch a ball. I was just trying to do the scoreboard. Do the do box the score, yeah. The box score, yeah. 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 So, either way, thanks for sitting down with me again, bro. It's always course, nice brother. catching up with you. And, Same. And, and you listen, know. I'm so glad to see you back active. I understand why you had to step away yep. now that we've talked, and, and I'm glad that you did. And, you know, yeah. you got to take care of you first. You know what I mean? But, yep. like, I was just talking to my fiance before we jumped on here, and she was like, because I've done, you know, I've done, like, three now basically from tiktok three people's podcasts um uh, but you were the first one that i did and again thank you and she was like oh that's the first one you did and i was kind of just 
telling her about like you know what had happened so man again like i'm just so happy to see you active again um good guy got a good good page nice brother um, quick quick before i go i want to give a shout yeah. out to savage sisters on tiktok um they're a great organization nonprofit in philadelphia send me their, send me their link send me their i link, absolutely will and i'll put the I link absolutely will um, for people that are curious about what he's talking about, make sure that link is also, if you're listening or watching, it'll be in the bio for description. That. I appreciate that, JD. I really appreciate that. Again, man, thanks. Thank you All so right, much. Thanks, Bradley. Thanks for being back. Nice I really chatting. appreciate it. Always, you bro. Too. I'll talk to you See soon. You. See you. All right.